Psalm 126. If you want to turn there with your own Bible, or Rachel's got it up there on the screen. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and pray for us first, if that's okay. Then we'll get into it. Um, so let's pray. Our Father, um, we pray, Lord, that you would be gracious to us tonight. That you would calm our hearts, that you would speak to us through your word. Um, Lord, encourage us and show us more of Jesus. And we pray this in his precious name. Amen. All right. Um, yeah, so um, let's just let's just be a little honest here tonight, folks. That's that's all I want to do. I just want to be honest here tonight. And um We've been in the pandemic now for over a month now, and um, it's tough. It's tough for all of us. Um, the current situation has had so many repercussions um, that many of us did not foresee. Um, we're talking about the stay-at-home order. Um, we're talking about loneliness. We're talking about um, school that is just, I mean, I'm done with school. <laughs> I am done with school. We're talking about, we can't see our friends. Uh, maybe some of you, some of you are at home, um, with some tough family relationships. Uh, maybe some of you like Taylor was saying, um, are having financial burdens, um, because of this. Um, this is just a really difficult situation. And, um, I think, the question I want to ask us tonight is, is how do we persevere in the midst of this difficult situation? Um, what do we do other than just sit around and wait for this thing to end? What is our hope in the midst of this? And I think, in fact, I know God's word um, has answers for us. And so I would ask I would invite you um, to just take a few minutes to listen um, and to consider what, what God has to say um, for us. And so Josh Bates is going to read um, Psalm 126 for us, and then we'll get into it. Cool. So I should read the one on the screen? Um, sure, yeah, you can do that. All right. Psalm 126, A Song of Ascents. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Awesome. Thanks so much, Josh. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to give a little bit of background for this song, because um, I think it's necessary for us to understand. So... Psalm 126 is um, a song of ascents. That's um, the Psalms from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. This collection of Psalms 
Um, it's generally thought, we don't know for sure, that, but um, it's generally thought that these psalms were sung um, as the people of God, as Israel were on their way to Jerusalem, to the temple, um, to worship the Lord. And some of the major themes in all these psalms are, are the, the psalmist is crying out um, for deliverance, uh, for peace, for the people of God for Zion, for Israel, um, in the midst of affliction and trial and trouble. And that's kind of the, the major themes, and we see that in Psalm 126. Um, and a history is also necessary to understand this psalm, a history of Israel, God's people. So I'm just going to give like a 30-second quick-fire history of God's people. So buckle up. So you had this dude named Abraham. God called Abraham and he said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a, some land. I'm going to give you a multitude of descendants and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you a blessing to others. Um, so Abraham goes, he follows the Lord. Uh, fast forward, Israel becomes a people um, but they are under bondage and slavery in Egypt. You probably know this story called the Exodus. God delivers them from their slavery under Pharaoh and um, brings them into the promised land that he had promised to Abraham because God remembers his covenant to Abraham. Eventually, they make it to the promised land after many groanings and wanderings in the wilderness um, Solomon, um, one of the kings under his reign, they build a glorious temple um, with gold and it's, and it's wonderful and it's beautiful. But the people begin to worship idols and sin against the Lord. They forsake him. And as a result, the Lord pushes them out of the land and puts them back under captivity, this time under the so-called Babylonians. Um, and they are in slavery and bondage once again, um, but this time for 70 years. Then after these 70 years, Israel, God's people, repent and turn again to the Lord. And the Lord is gracious, and he returns them out of their captivity under Babylon, um, and they return from their exile. And that is the context um, for this psalm, for Psalm 126. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, the psalmist, first and foremost, he is reflecting on God's deliverance um, of his people from exile. He says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion... We were like those who dreams. Our mouth was filled with laughter, our tongue with shouts of joy. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Um, so the psalmist, he's reflecting on what the Lord has done. When Israel, God's people, were, were under captivity in Babylon, right? Um, basically, the Babylonians, they burned down the temple. Families were separated. Everything was horrible. They were under slavery yet again. And we have to remember that 
before Israel even was a people, they they weren't a people. They weren't anybody. God says that that he didn't love them because they were powerful or because they were rich or because they were better than any other nation, but he simply loved them because he loved them. He simply chose to. And so when Israel lost their relationship with God because of their sin, they lost everything. And so the psalmist is reflecting on when God brings them out of their captivity once again, we were like those who dream. It was so amazing. It was almost as if it was a dream. Our, 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 our mouths were filled with laughter and our, and our tongue with shouts of joy. This was an amazing deliverance that the Lord had brought them through. And in fact, the psalmist says, we are glad that the Lord has done this. Okay? But then, check this out. Check this out. There's a shift. In verse 4, the psalmist cries out, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. What is going on here? He just said that the Lord had already restored their fortunes. He's reflecting on what the Lord had done. But yet in verse 4, he cries out, restore our fortunes. And this is crucial. This is crucial because God's initial promises to his people about the land and about um, blessing was not merely about land. God's initial promise to his people was not merely about land and the temple. When God says he was going to give Israel these promises, he always says this. He says, I will be your God and you will be my people. The the, the fulfillment of the promise was not just material blessing. In fact, it was fellowship with God himself. It was, it was to be able to say, you are my God, to have a, a face-to-face friendship with the Lord. And if you were here a couple weeks ago, Josh Shaner shared from Hebrews um, and talked exactly about this, that, that the rest that the, that the people were, were, were striving to enter into the promised land was actually pointing forward to a heavenly rest, to heaven itself, where they would fellowship with the Lord. And so that's why the psalmist is saying, the Lord restored our fortunes, but, but he hadn't yet done it to its fulfillment. And he cries out again, restore our fortunes. Um, It's what some theologians call the already, not yet. We have it, but we don't have it in its fullness. And the reason is because of sin. Because of sin, if you know the story of Adam and Eve, because of sin, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. Because of sin, Israel's people were kicked out of the promised land. And in fact, because of sin... We cannot have true fellowship with God. The true fortunes that the psalmist is talking about is fellowship with God. And that can only happen if we are a holy people. And so this is where Jesus comes in. 
This is where the gospel comes in. Because Jesus is the one who brings true restoration. Jesus is the one who truly restores the fortunes of Zion. He is the one who lived a perfect life. He is the one who died, who suffered on the cross. He is the one who truly was in exile, separated from God, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He is the one who was dead and buried. But yet he rose from the dead and he ascended into heavenly glory, into his heavenly rest where he is now seated at the right hand of God. And so where are we? Where do we come in in the picture? By faith. By faith, we are united to Jesus Christ. By faith, receiving and resting upon what he has done, we can have fellowship with God, the true fortunes of Zion. And so true restoration only comes through him. And so now from that perspective, we can look at this song from a a gospel lens. I would say a gospel lens because all of scripture is truly about Jesus Christ. So I just want to share three, three quick things with you all. What is our hope in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this pandemic? What do we do? How do we persevere? And the first thing I would say is cherish the gospel. Cherish the gospel. The psalmist is reflecting upon God's deliverance. And the true restoration comes in Jesus Christ. My friends, if you believe in Jesus Christ, Paul says you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You have it right now by faith. You have it. You have forgiveness of sins. You have adoption. You are a son and a daughter in Christ. You have joy in the Holy Spirit. You have the assurance of God's love for you. You have every spiritual blessing, every fortune of Zion, may we say, right now by faith in Jesus Christ. And so the first thing we ought to do in the midst of of, of weariness, in the midst of, of sorrow, is to cherish the gospel. I would ask you, friends, are you glad? Are you glad to have every spiritual blessing? in the heavenly places. The psalmist says, we are glad for the Lord has done great things for us. That would be the first thing. The second thing is cry out for a fuller restoration. Cry out for a fuller restoration. The psalmist says, restore our fortunes. The Lord has restored it, but restore it in fullness, O Lord. Here's where the already not yet comes in yet again. Because even though believers by faith in Jesus Christ have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, there is this world is still fallen. The new heavens and the new earth is yet to come. A place where Isaiah says righteousness dwells. If you remember in Revelation, 
John tells us that the new heavens and new earth is a place where there is no more pain, where there is no more suffering, where, there, where, where God himself will wipe away every tear, where the curse of sin is reversed. Friends, we ought to be crying out for the new heavens and the new earth to come in fullness, for Jesus to come back and to restore all things. Paul tells us that the creation is groaning for this very moment. And we ought to be groaning as well because this world, as we see, this world is broken and fallen. And we need the Lord to restore it. And so first and foremost, cherish the gospel, but then cry out for a fuller restoration. And then lastly, weep and work. Verses five and six talks about sowing in tears and reaping with shouts of joy. This is the image of a farmer who has seeds and he's sowing the seeds, um, but yet he's sowing with tears. He is weeping as he sows. So on the one hand, folks, it's okay to cry. It's okay to weep. It's okay to recognize that, that this is hard, right? Uh, we're students, right? And, 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 and because of the fall, our work is gruesome. There's a toil in it. I I don't want to study because it's hard, right? Um, because of the fall, right? Because of this pandemic, right? There's loneliness. There's emotional um, struggles and problems, right? We can't we can't go see our friends, right? Maybe you're at home with difficult family relationships, stuck in the house all day. Maybe you're battling with sin and temptation. And, and of course, the physical suffering and death itself. Right? A disease, a, a virus with a vaccine that can be prevented, but we don't have the vaccine and people are dying of all ages. And so on the one hand, we ought to weep. But on the other hand, we ought not let our tears be for nothing. The image is of the farmer sowing as he weeps. Work in the midst of your tears because Christ is coming back. We ought to be doing good as we weep. We ought to be loving God and loving our neighbor, doing good work, shining as lights, in the darkness. All of this suffering is not for nothing. So make use of it. Be the one who perseveres even though it hurts. Finish that last assignment. Be the one to make the first attempt at reconciling a relationship. Be the one who prays for the medical workers on the front lines and our government officials. Do not lose hope even in the midst of tears, because inexpressible joy is coming. You will reap your sheaves with 
joy because Jesus is coming back and he will restore all things. And so that's exactly what we do. We cherish the gospel. We cry out for further restoration. We weep and we work. But folks, always remember this. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus when you fail. Remember Jesus when you when you try to scatter your seed and, and you and you get the wrong seed or you only get a little bit of seed today. Remember Jesus because Jesus, this is the psalm of Jesus. He is the one who has done this. He is the one who left the glories of heaven itself. He is the one who wept as he worked. He wept for Lazarus. He wept in the Garden of Gethsemane. He wept on the cross. But yet he despised the shame for the joy that was to come. The joy in heaven and the joy of having a people there with him. So when you don't feel like going on, remember that Jesus is with you in the midst of it because he has already gone through it all. He's our forerunner. He's our forerunner. So that's our hope, folks. That's our hope in the midst of these, these difficult times. Persevere in Jesus. Um, all right, that's all. That's all I got.